yeah. Any, any, uh, so the, the last character I do want to bring up, um, is the super rats. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my cameo. <laughs> <laughs> this is a sponsored episode, of course. Marty's sponsoring us. <laughs> Uh, the Super Rats get brought up more consistently than anything else. And even they don't have any payoff. Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations, all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm the Society. <laughs> and this week we take an ill-advised trip into the DC universes with uh, 2019's The Joker. Uh, and joining us yet again is game designer and writer extraordinaire, Marty. And army of metaphorical super rats. <laughs> Marty will, of course, be playing the role of super rat today. I'm um, the super rat king. <laughs> Thank you. Before we have an extended conversation about the society in which we live, remember you can help us on Mortify the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr, at MortifiedPod. Layla, Marty, what has gathered us here today? A state. I don't know. You fucks, why don't you answer that question? <laughs> I didn't want to be here. Listen, <laughs> it was an indefensible crime, I'll admit, but that's life. And it's funny, something, something, I forget the rest of the lyrics. My friends, my two friends, my close friends who I talk to damn near every day of my life, they today got to learn that I have not only not seen the Joker, I knew nothing about the Joker. I did that on purpose. I did that with a fu- it was like my mission to avoid every piece of Joker content. And then these two were like, hey, Layla, by the way, we're watching the Joker. And now how do we feel about that? How do we feel two and a half hours <sighs> later? To be fair to me, I, I thought for sure that even if you hadn't watched Jenny Nicholson break down the actual plot. I thought for sure you would have watched the Sideways musical theory about it. Just out of a grim, miserable curiosity like I did. Not for a a fucking second did I put myself through that. And I won't, Mr. Sideways. I'm sorry. I love you, but not, not even for you. So, so recently it was announced that this great film uh, is going to be receiving a sequel that will be a musical. Uh, I think it's Joker, a folie adieu, um, which I think. Oh, fuck yes. Um, Which I think is going to have either Margot Robbie or Lady Gaga. It's Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. Um, and, and, um, the thing that I am convinced of now more than anything after watching this great, oh, no. uh, origin story is that Joker 2 will be good. <laughs> I, I thought for sure we had dissuaded you of that <laughs> during our 42 hour viewing of the it movie. It sure felt like 42 hours, didn't it? <laughs> it is truly a movie that will not fucking end. Yeah, um, but you know what? I think it's very important that we get the background, uh, that we get the, the important source material uh, for Joaquin Phoenix's uh, great uh, performance. Um, and you know what? To set up the audience, uh, I'm going to try to walk through the plot of this film uh, before we have an extended discussion about why it maybe why didn't it? work. <laughs> why it, period. 
Um, so our titular Joker is named Arthur Fleck. He his job is that he is a clown and goes to parties. Um, and well, he, his, you know, his job is that he's a clown. It's really he. I guess people just he's hire a clown him. for hire. Yeah, right. He's a rent a clown. Clown um, parentheses miscellaneous. Yeah, <laughs> clown at all. Um, and he, clown his, so he <laughs> he's a lawyer <laughs> also. Um, his whole deal is that he has a unspecified neurological disorder that causes him to laugh um, uncontrollably. Don't worry, we'll get there. Um, basically, you know, he he's down on his luck. Uh, in the first five minutes of the film, he gets beat up by a bunch of teens, which is extremely funny. Um, and because of that, uh, one of his co-workers gives him a gun. <laughs> um and that's not great. Um, but anyway, he, you know, he goes home, he lives with his mom, and he's like, oh, I'm so sad. Uh, you know, we live in this shitty apartment. You know, the trash is literally piling up in the streets because of this garbage garbage worker's strike. That goes you know, nowhere. It, Just in case you were worried about there being a plot point in this movie, don't worry, there's not. You don't have to think about it. They open the film with it, and it does not pay off in every way. It's just like, the, the streets are filled with trash. Well, mm, maybe that's a metaphor. Hmm. Oh interesting we'll we'll come back to that um but basically um you know he's like sad um and he has this disorder and everybody hates his guts because he laughs in weird times but he still has these dreams of being a stand-up comedian um his his biggest dream is to be on the um something murray show what's the guy's the, last no, name it's the, it's the something murray show that's murray franklin show um which is like Nero a show which is like a David Letterman. I double check if that's Robert De Niro, just in case it's. It is. Him. It is Robert it De Niro. Is? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. He's he's great. Um. And I like his whole. I look like Ben Stiller. So. That one guy did look like Ben Stiller, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I wanted to double check the De Niro. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. His whole deal, right, is that he wants to. He he views um. You know this this guy Murray Franklin as a father figure. Right, because you know he he doesn't have a dad. Um, you know his mom Penny Fleck is is just like sad, and she has to live at home. But she's like obsessed with writing letters to Thomas Wayne, who is of course Bruce Wayne's father. Bruce Wayne, of course, being uh, Batman. Um, you know, sp- sorry to spoil that. Not right now, though. The audience he's twelve. <laughs> right now, he's a twelve-year-old little boy. Um, but you know, as, as the plot progresses, you know, we see that Arthur is, is down on his luck and he's like trying to, to be a comedian, but like nobody thinks his jokes are funny. Everybody thinks he's kind of a dumbass. Um, but like one night he sees, um, you know, these like, um, quote wall street guys, um, you know, kind of harassing a woman on the subway, um, and his, uh, his disorder triggers, um, and he starts laughing, um, giving the woman time to escape. Uh, the subway men do sing, Two verses of Send in the Clowns while they beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> the Subway Men, I don't understand the Subway Men. Who were they? Oh. You, you said they were Wall Street guys, which I guess they were wearing suits. So they were either Wall Street guys or like four guys who were just at a that's, wedding or. That's interesting. Yeah. What, who were those men? We'll get there. Um, because <laughs> here's so the thing. We have pins in the board already. In the, the, <laughs> we are riddling this board with pins. Um, but basically, you know, he, he all of a sudden when he, he you know, these we're guys beat him up, but he takes that. Riddle. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> wrong, wrong movie. We're jokering the board with um, pins. <laughs> 
Uh, um, he he kills these guys, right? Because that guy gave him his gun. So he shoots them. Um, and that starts like a social movement, right? Everybody's like, oh, wow, this guy stood up for uh, himself and murdered these bad men. But Thomas Wayne is just like, oh, yeah, um, that was bad that he did that. You know, I hate it when people murder rich people. I also happen to be a billionaire. Um and, like, there's this sequence where he also is, like, really horny after he kills these men. And, like, this girl that lives in his apartment complex, like, he, all of a sudden, she, you know, is like, oh, wow, I, I really think you're great. I'll go out with you. No, 100%. Um, and they start dating. Um, basically, I'm not even sure if it was horniness, because I don't think mm, the director understands yeah. human attraction enough to even understand himself why that happened. Th- this it's is... Well, I need no, them to get together now, so... You gotta... Marty, I promise you, this is all part of the thing. And I think you I think you kind of nailed on it. Uh, we were talking earlier, but I think, I think you know where this is going. <laughs> right? He has this romance with this woman. Um, and then eventually, right, he, he comes to realize that Brewer, Thomas Wayne's his father when he opens one of his mom's letters to her, or to him. Uh, he confronts Thomas Wayne, who is just like, no, actually, your mom was delusional um, and abused you and got committed. He goes to Arkham Asylum, where he finds out, he finds the notes uh, that the doctor took, which are all fake, basically. And the, sh- the film shows us that they're fake um, at the at the time. Um, and, like, it, it, it's a very strange thing, but basically he believes them, even though the film is like, these are fake notes. Um, he goes back and, you know, he believes his mom abused him, so he kills her. Uh, he smothers her while she's in the hospital, um, which sucks. Um, and then he goes on to, you know, he the, a clip of him at a comedy show was played on the Randall uh, or the Murray Franklin show, so he gets invited on. Um, he goes to the Murray Franklin show, um, does his bit, um, you know, but when, like when it's revealed that he's actually, you know, a big tough guy that killed those guys um, and, you know, started the social movement. He gives a really big speech about how um, society has abandoned, you know, people like him. Um, he shoots Murray. Um, you know, the whole whole of Gotham City explodes into a riot. Uh, he's almost killed in a car accident. Um, but then he stands on top of a burning cop car and does a little dance. Uh, and, and he is, you know, he is later put into Arkham Asylum. But, you know, he is, he is you know, he's a folk hero at the end. Um, and that's, you know, super, super fun, I guess. That's that's basically what happens in this movie. Oh, also, it was revealed that the girlfriend um, wasn't actually his girlfriend. He was having a mental breakdown the whole time because this film does a terrible job of portraying mental illness. And, like, basic film direction. <laughs> yeah, let's... Let, let me get something out of the way. Okay, so, like... It's when we say it does a terrible job of portraying mental illness, right? There's I want to make sure people are are like our our small but dedicated audience understands that it is okay to make uh, messy content about mentally ill characters. Like we're not protesting that by any means. Shit should get messy. There is a fundamental. I won't even fault lack of understanding because it's fiction. You could make up a fictional illness all you want. You know what I mean? Like Morbius. It, he morbs, right? He's a vampire. They he's made got up the a morbs, I think. <laughs> he's, got, he's got the morbs. Diagnosed There is just, there is a lack of internal continuity and logic to what Arthur is experiencing. There are consequences for actions, but the fucking 
actions don't make sense. So then you're too busy thinking about how the consequence, you're like, yeah, I get it. But the reason why it happened is stupid. So I can't buy into it. Like, it's just, there is no, like, it's, it's just frustrating and it, in, in trying deliberately to be interesting, it's just confusing and antagonistic to the audience. And after, what, 45 minutes, it just becomes very boring to watch. Work yesterday, I was talking to my boss about DC movies. And we were talking about, like, how they have this, like, critical problem in, like, the group movies especially. Like, so much maybe in, like, the standalone Batman movies and stuff, but... Like, especially around the Justice League, there was, you get very confused about what everyone's powers are and what the limitation of their powers are and what the internal logic of it is. Because we were talking about, like, Wonder Woman, for instance. She's supposed to be Amazonian, but she's played by Gal Gadot, who is, like, a person. And so she does these amazing I've feats said of that strength. many times. <laughs> and you think, does, like, is does she have super strength? Is that something she has? Does she rely on outside, like, Amazonian artifacts to have powers? She just has whatever power is convenient in the moment for her to have or whatever is most cinematic to look at or whatever is the most, like, metaphorically meaningful, like the angel costume she had, I guess, or the wings or whatever they were. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the stupid 1984 <laughs> shit, yeah. But, um, but, and we were talking, and... Arthur is almost like that with his mental illness, where his mental illness doesn't have any, like, it has a name. They say he's, like, paranoid and delusional, and his mother has narcissistic personality disorder. They name drop a lot of stuff, but it shows up, it manifests, and it behaves as if it's a DC superhero power, which is to say it's inconsistent internally. It doesn't have, like, easy to understand dance cinematic triggers which of course real people their mental illness isn't cinematic but in a movie you want it you want your audience to understand like what's happening why they're seeing something happen on screen you know and arthur it's just sometimes he does stuff and they point the camera at him and that's your cinema which, you know what, as like a writer, as a storyteller, as a consumer of media, I'm pro-vibes. I don't need a rule book for everything that happens on screen. I don't need to know the like chemical reaction that gives Superman laser eyes or whatever the f- You know, I, I don't care. But like, I have, I love certain movies that are literally just vibes. Like, I love Promare to death. Does Promare make any internal sense? No. Does it operate uh, on, like, real physics? No. Those boys should have been dead four times over, right? They all combust <laughs> and the fire is pink. Uh, and then they crash their big robot all the time. I didn't see any fucking airbags in there. Uh, but the first act of the movie does a really good job of setting up the fact that this is cartoon logic and then the audience can follow along. Joker doesn't know what it wants to be. Does it want to be a character study on the Joker? Does it want to have something to say about the medical system? Does it want to have something to say about wealth inequality? Does it want to be a supervillain movie? What do you want to be? I can't tell. 
And that's why at the end when Arthur's like, oh, I don't believe in anything. I'm not political. I don't believe in anything. And it's like, then what, what was the movie? We just sat there and watched like, oh, the medical system is garbage and it left me behind and the rich people destroyed my mother, even though I'm the one who personally killed her. But And the garbage is piling up because the garbage men are on strike and everyone's so upset that they hang on to this clown hero and... It's like, okay, why did we watch all of that? If you don't think anything about that, because it really felt because, I mean, we all remember what a fucking shit fit that Todd Phillips, right? He's the director. Yes. Todd, that he threw when people didn't want to watch his movie about the Joker because it was going to be edgy nonsense. He threw such a it about it and a lot of this movie sometimes anytime it says anything or stops to have an actual message it's like oh everything sucks and it's bad because some people were mean to me on twitter one time like it's i think that's exactly it marty <laughs> um when i say this film is made for people like me um i mean it is made for you know young men in america under maybe i would say under 35 um unlike specifically <laughs> unlike walking phoenix who is like 48 <laughs> um but like this is a film that i think is tailored specifically to meet a kind of of young man who has grown up in this you know uh <laughs> i hesitate to say post 9-11 um but like in the kind of ways that uh, american um you know society ah oh, fuck i said the word um has <laughs> <laughs> has kind of like now you have to put a gotten, coin in the swear jar <laughs> yeah i know ding um the, the ways in which like you know uh well right ralph and Ecali, right people in 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 both american society and in the joker are feeling the effects of wealth inequality but like they don't right when he's talking about being political right there is a, a certain class of young man who is who views the political as like anathema or pastiche or you know something to something that's not important right this i feel like this film is just a grievance film that's just like i don't know why i'm sad um and in order to you know make everybody else see my internal goings on i need to do violence right and i think that is just that's what this movie is about is the young men who have no uh, a way to express why they they feel hollow and frustrated about their lives um except by by doing violence um and that's why i i feel like this movie appeals to its core audience like i at a certain point i just got what this movie was trying to say and i was like oh this is one of those now Le- it seems that layla has opened up a stream uh let's see what's going on here uh, <laughs> uh, it is, is the- a that is the society counter. Uh, I'm going to count uh, how many times that word organically comes up in this discussion. Excellent. Good. Great. Thank you. But, but I really yeah, feel like, like because I, I told you guys going into this that my mother was pretty certain that I would love this movie. <laughs> and, which is hysterical. Um, my mother is like core boomer. She was like, right. She was like, you know how we're right on the edge of Gen Z and millennial. She was right on the edge of boomer and Gen silent x? generation yeah yeah that's oh, the x because okay. z is after us z is after okay. us so um so she was right on that line and this movie is like it, it's really speaking to a time where it's like everything's 
shitty and everyone's shitty and I'm so upset and I can see that there's so many things wrong with it. And rather than do anything about it, because like, it's not the violence that gets me because it's, it's, it's like you said, it's like, I'm upset. And to communicate that to people, I have to do violence, but they were doing this because when we've seen the stuff like, okay, Occupy Wall Street, because that's a fundamentally New York thing that happened and the Black Lives Matter protests and stuff, like they got wet and wild. And like, especially during the pandemic, stuff got wet and wild. Like I'm like, remember when the, uh, the uh, police place where all the, the pigs hang out. Yes. Police dis- district was burned down. Yeah. Yeah. The pig pen burned down. Um, that, um, I like that. That was fine. <laughs> I was Listen. okay with that. But <laughs> this, this is an ACAB podcast. <laughs> what? This is an ACAB podcast. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just making sure I'm not going to get you guys like caught by the FBI or something. But, um, um listen, I'm a lady immigrant. I'm going to go down first either way. <laughs> <You're good>. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that was great. And like, but this isn't that kind of like rioting, you know? They're like, oh, there's no, riots it's happening, and this guy is holding two cans of like gas that doesn't hurt him, and the canisters aren't hot, and he's standing there and holding it, and they just like bleed color. And it's like, okay, that's meaningless. That's nothing. That's a visual. That isn't anything. Right. It's just mindless violence for violence's sake because he's like, oh, all these politics is making it hard for me to go on Twitter because everyone's so mean. And it's like, that's nothing. <laughs> we'll see who cancels who, work moralists. <laughs> it's revolution vibes. Yes. It's a, it's a no. revolution Pinterest board. Correct. It, um, yeah, I don't. God. I don't think this film... This film came out right before the the mass uprising in 2020. Um, I don't think that this film gets made if it if it starts filming like around that time, right? Because right this this sort of like anti political um, stance that a lot of young men who are going to go out and watch this film, which they did. This movie made a billion dollars. Um, you know th- that kind of uh, ideology that is trying to appeal to that the the politics of nihilism. Um, Right. I, I think you're both correct in that like this this riots these riots that he is trying to inspire are are fundamentally meaningless and don't actually have a thing besides like, oh, rich chads are always mean to me and the girl that I I, you know, gave a pen to in class doesn't actually know my name. Um right. I, I think that is the ideology they're going for. And when they are just composed with actual, you know, mass uprisings, uh shout outs to the people of Sri Lanka today who just uh invaded their president. <laughs> Uh, um, you guys enjoy the president's pool. palace and jumped in their pool. Yeah, um, like that is that is actual political revolution and, uh, and upheaval. And I don't think that that is what the people who are you know making this movie want to actually appeal to. And um, he said th- nihilism too. And when I um, acquired this movie, um, <laughs> the uh, the synopsis talked about oh it's it's a character study of Arthur Fleck's descent into nihilism and blah 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 and like. It, it's like that one Tumblr post where it's like people think nihilism is sad face, nothing matters, everything echoes in a meaningless chamber and space and then we die. But nihilism is like, at its best, nihilism is like, nothing matters, so we can do it because who cares if it doesn't work out? We could just keep trying endlessly because there's no limit to what we are capable of or what opportunities we will have. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
while we're celebrating the good people of Sri Lanka, I do also want to shout out um, to the good people of the UK who were blasting yakety sacks as <laughs> Boris Johnson <laughs> resigned. The funniest oh, yeah. shit in the world. Oh, yeah. I want to kiss that man on the mouth. I know he's like in his sixties or whatever. I still I would still kiss him. You, Hugh Grant sir? or no the guy the guy with the speakers. He's gonna get even okay. more speakers. Um, Excellent. I sir, there's a free kiss for you in Buffalo, New York. You come claim it. <laughs> um, Excellent. So okay, so fun fact: we're still in the summary section of this film. I do want to get into the characters. Okay, let's. Yeah. Okay. Let's, I think that's the only way we move forward at all. Correct, that's correct, the correct, only correct. forward momentum we can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. this movie has fundamentally uh, radicalized us. Um, <laughs> Not the way it thinks it has. But... <laughs> I am Joker-fied, but like parentheses negative. Um, <laughs> your negative dollars in your Joker account. <laughs> so Arthur Fleck is uh, our Joker. Um... Okay, so I just want to I want to get this out of the way. Joaquin Phoenix lost 30 pounds for this role. Joaquin Phoenix is not a large man to begin with. I uh I actually saw like higher estimates than 30. Oh, good god. Listen, in that Esquire article, I think, cuz I skimmed it cuz me and Aaron were looking stuff up before we started recording. Yeah, while well, I was at the dog park cuz I thought we were starting later. <laughs> um uh I, I okay, I want to be really careful here. I I'm not trying to body shame anybody however he kept posing himself in a way where his ribs were starting to look borderline uh, anatomy skeleton in a classroom it, it looked was, like the scene from alien where the chest burster comes out and like f- opens up the rib cage it was yeah, a lot it's not even that he was thin it's just that he kept sucking in his stomach and leaning back and you could see his rib cage slope in to where there is all those soft organs and no bone. Uh, and I hated every moment of it. It made me, I didn't like it. I didn't like his, his physicality at all in this movie whatsoever. I couldn't tell what he was playing at. Was he, sometimes he would like do an action and then have to repeat it because he's like kind of playing at autism and I hated it. It didn't seem authentic. It didn't seem good i it just made me uncomfortable like it, the physicality of this joker sucked L- like to watch the the quality of what he was doing was fine it's just that what he was doing was bad <laughs> there i i watched a lot of like reviews and like breakdowns of this movie um just so i would never out of curiosity accidentally watch it Oops. and mm. <laughs> <laughs> and um in all the breakdowns, they're very generous about assuming what's going on, which I'm sure, like, because obviously, like, the dancing and the music, it's all a critical motif, and it's all themed around his obsession with this television show, the uh, the Murray show or whatever. I It didn't come across as clearly as the breakdowns made it seem. Like, his physicality around the dancing and the singing and stuff, and... I can't remember if we mentioned it earlier if this was fully contained in the screaming that happened after the movie was finally over, but it's it's so inconsistent and like you never know why he's doing a thing, which like I said, in real life, obviously real people with real mental illness don't control this cinematography of their mental illness at all times. I do. <laughs> 
I do it all for the aesthetic. But um, it, it's it's like there was no internal logic to follow. And like we were talking because we were talking about how wildly inconsistent, how like difficult it is because some scenes will be very clearly a delusion that he's having. And you'll be able to tell because of the music and because of the people and because of the stuff and like the stuff around him is so clearly not happening. Like he starts watching the Murray show for the first time. And this is the first time we're introduced to it. And then he's in the audience and he gets called on stage. And like, that's obviously fake. But a lot of the stuff like up to and including the lady that he's imagining he has a relationship with is so much less clear. And there's not really a very clear delineation between true and fake to the point where some scenes are fake for the cinematography of it all. And you can tell it's fake. And then some scenes are fake. So at the end they can be like, aha, we got you. Didn't we, you thought this actually happened. And it's like, I, I, at this point it's meaningless to delineate between real and fake because you can, you can say anything's fake. Like what if he didn't really kill those subway people? What if they just died and he, claim credit for it like what if, what if he didn't really do this what if he didn't really say this what if his mom's still alive and it's like what if the world is made of pudding you know there's there's no internal logic to what is real and how we're supposed to tell what's real and what's not and even if all of it is fake it's like meaningless like it doesn't matter it didn't make the movie better it didn't make it easier to understand it didn't make it more complicated it just made it so that sometimes you go well, maybe that didn't happen, and that's why this is happening now. Do you mm-hmm. guys remember um, way back when? 11 years ago. Around the release of the movie Inception, that everyone who went to see the movie Inception, who was our age, uh, which was like late middle school or like early middle school, depending on which one of us you're talking to. Uh, everyone who went to see the film Inception when it was out in theaters came out of that theater and was like, whoa! Dude, it was such a mind fuck. That was like the key operating phrase for Inception when it was out in theaters. Um, And then I went to see Inception and I was like, I had no problem at all telling what was real and what was not real. And the cliffhanger, I did not care about it at all. Um... That is what this movie also felt like to me. No, I, I think you're. I think you're both right. I think that like that fundamental like discrepancy between like real and not real, right? I, you know, I don't. I don't want to keep coming back to the theme of nihilism, but like I do truly think that like when you're just like making a character whose whole deal is that nothing matters um, and that he's very sad, you can just be like, oh well, you know. It doesn't, you know, it's hard to say. He's so crazy. He's so, you know, out of his mind that, you know, he, he has these fantasies and we can just write off the the things that are, you know, you do or don't want the audience to to guess at as as being maybe fantasies, but maybe not. Um, it's messy. It's I, I agree. I think that if they had used, you know, musical themes or, you know, given us a little bit more, you know, strong a hint uh that that like this was a fantasy sequence i i really wish that it they they had done that i think it would have been much more effective the thing with mental illness is that a lot of things seem like they don't have any rhyme or reason to it and i think todd phillips fully believes that arthur fleck is doing things without any rhyme or reason and he isn't like a lot of the stuff he does is completely impulsive it doesn't make sense it's just weird 
and it's just supposed to be weird and unsettling on screen. Like that sequence where he takes all the shelves out of his refrigerator and gets in the refrigerator. <laughs> and climbs inside that, the refrigerator. <laughs> and I said, as we were watching it, I'm like, why is this happening? Because like, even with real impulsive mental illnesses, there's a, there's a logic to it. Like I have OCD and I'm not touching the door all the time because I, I'm so crazy. I'm so hot and crazy like Harley Quinn. You ever heard of Harley Quinn? I'm hot and crazy like her. No, I'm doing it because I'm checking. I'm checking something. And when people stim, to my understanding, of course, I don't have a perfect understanding of it, but when they're stimming, they're doing it because it feels good. We have no indication that Arthur is feeling vulnerable, so he wants to be in a small space. We have no impression that Arthur is, like, overheating because he's stressed out, so he wants to be in a cold space. We have no indication that of anything. We don't know why he's doing anything. He's just doing things because they're the most cinematically wacky. And it, it as, as it goes on and he gets off his meds, he does it more and more until it escalates into violence. And it's like, but okay, there's an escalation there, but it's an escalation of nothing because we don't we don't see him being uncomfortable, increasingly uncomfortable. We just see him doing weird things until he kills people, you know? Weird in quotation marks, obviously, because like I said, it wouldn't be weird if we understood why it was happening. It's just weird because that's what they want it to be. They want him to be doing things that are scary to you until he starts killing people. Uh, speaking of people Arthur killed, um, another person who struggles with mental illness in this movie, uh, though more off camera than on, is his mom, Penny Fleck. Um, so Penny... Ugh. Penny's whole thing, right, in truth, is that she had an abusive boyfriend who abused both her and Arthur, who was her adopted son. And Penny ended up in Arkham, and she was in denial, and she was convinced that um, Arthur was Thomas Wayne's son, uh, and he wasn't... <sighs> he is. Do well, that's the thing. It's one of those things where it's either she had an abusive boyfriend who abused her child and battered her, and then she was a, um, a what's the word for when you get committed? She was committed to Arkham, um, and she went through all that. Or she had an affair with Thomas Wayne and had his child, and then he had her committed to Arkham because she was pressing that fact on him so that he would take care of them, and then he never ended up doing it. And I think the point of the movie is like, oh, no matter what one it is, and it's like, it, it, if nothing matters, then why am I watching the movie? Like, if there's no clear, logical, like, if there, if it, am I upset? Who am I upset at? Why am I upset? Yeah. There is a sequence where he looks at a pic old picture of his mom, and when he flips it over, uh, it says, like, love your smile on it, and the, the initials are T.W., Thomas Wayne. So I think the film wants us to think that but he's definitely... What if he was imagining it? What if I that mean, I mean, exactly there, there right. were newspaper clippings in her psychological report for some reason. Because yes, it right. has to be efficient, Marty. We've gone over this. You have to know. <laughs> It has yeah. to be thought relevant. Um, but I, you know, I just I do want to hamper on that because I do think that Penny is of a type. Um, I did, sorry to cut you off, Layla, but you know, what's oh, your <laughs> okay? Um, I just so I watch a lot of fucking people owning right wing reactionaries on YouTube because I'm a sicko. Um, and <laughs> you there's were already one guy, the Joker. <laughs> yeah, I've already been Jokerified. Um, and there's one guy called Stefan uh, Molyneux who is a real piece of shit. 
Uh, and I remember um, one of his videos where he is talking about, like, the reason that um, women end up with, um, you know, assholes. Um, and he just, like, goes on this big rant because he's just like, well, assholes, you know, are, you know, w- women are just attracted to assholes because they, you know, that's it's some sort of evolutionary bullshit, right? And I think that's kind of what's happening here. I think that the reason that we are supposed to hate Thomas Wayne is because he's rich and he, you know, sleeps around with women and he doesn't take responsibility for his, you know, his son, right? I think it is just purely a way to be like, here's another way for you, you know, a young man to, you know, hate, you know, hate. Another thing that happens in this this film is that there's two father figures and both of them fail um, Arthur, right? This is another thing where it's like, oh, you're a young man. I bet you hate your dad. Um, (laughs) And I think that's what they're going for here. Yeah, they do both suck, don't they? Um... Penny, my my issue with Penny is that she wasn't mentally ill until it was convenient to explain Marth, Art, Martha's Martha. Arthur's no, mental he, illness. He's Mar- he's Martha now because at, at the beginning I thought she was just kind of like elderly and firm sort of thing because he was bathing her, he was taking care of her, but like she wasn't really like indicating to me that she had like. Because she said, like, really early, she was like, oh, I've been writing letters to Thomas Wayne. And Aaron called, like, immediately that um, Batman's dad was Joker's dad. And which is a stupid thing. It's stupid. If it's true, it's stupid. And if it isn't true, then it was stupid that they brought it up. (laughs) But, like, she never gave more of an indication that she was also mentally ill until suddenly Arthur was calling into question his reality, you know? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can't tell what reality is because my mom couldn't tell what reality was, you know? But he's her adopted son, which is even stupider. Yeah, and there was something about head trauma that he got from the boyfriend who battered them and it's one of those things where it's like okay it's it's like you said Aaron I bet you hate your dad and I bet it's your mom's fault you're a fucker exactly right that's why they they your life that's is why they have him kill his mom mother. right yeah exactly it it sucks yeah uh so let's talk about these failed father figures a little <laughs> bit um we were Robert already De Niro talk- and someone who might be like two years younger than Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> Fuck me. Well, you know, the billionaires, they bathe in the blood of the young or whatever. Apparently um, it doesn't work, so. <laughs> well, uh, so Thomas Wayne, um, I, I barely remember his presence in the movie. Like, I gen- truly, like, there are ways to make off-screen characters impactful um, in the story. And they just, neither Thomas Wayne or Murray Franklin had an entire, uh, Franklin Murray, Murray Franklin? It's Murray Franklin, I believe. Oh, fuck that. Uh, neither Thomas Robert Wayne. Robert De Niro. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> neither Thomas Wayne or Robert De Niro are like present enough for them to really make an impact. Um, My like, strongest memories of Thomas Wayne are when he had his penis out and said, "Can I help you?" To yeah, Arthur, who was staring movie. at him. <laughs> yeah. And um, when I said, "Everyone in this movie is like DiGiorno levels of Italian." New Yorker for absolutely no reason. Everyone except Arthur is 
like yep da 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 and uh, someone's interviewing him on the street with his friends, and he, the interviewer is like, "Oh, those Mets fans, right?" And the kid comes out, and he's like, "Can you fucking believe it? My dad's a Mets fan." And someone stitched the TikTok, and they were like, "I don't think his friends like understand what just fucking happened, but he just executed the <laughs> slickest sequence of Italian American hand gestures I've ever seen in my life. He didn't even have to say anything. I could have just done the gestures, and I would have known what he meant. And like that's." <laughs> That is how Italian they are in, like, the tri-state area over there. So, you know what? I will stand up for the Joker there. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> Great. Right. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> is that why I don't get this movie? Just cultural yeah, you're shock? Not, you're not, <laughs> not from the tri-state area. Um, <sighs> so the last person uh, on our list are char- characters, which I, I think there should be another character added, and I will add them once we're done talking about her. But Sophia, um, she sure is there. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Again, this is the young man's fantasy of having a woman who will just oh. laugh at his jokes and I didn't even know she know, had a name. I, I don't I don't think it gets said. I think I remember in the subtitles her daughter was yes. like Gigi or something. Yes, her daughter's Gigi. But that was um, just pure subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think it truly is only in subtitles, or if it is, it's mentioned once. But basically like you know, th- this is the young man's fantasy of having uh, a woman who thinks all your jokes are funny and, like, you, you you meet a girl one time in math class and she's like, haha, you're funny, and then you're like, I'm obsessed with this woman. Um, and, it you know, when, when it turns out that she doesn't know who the fuck you are and you break into her apartment and she's terrified, then you have a, you have a bad reaction to that. And it's just like, I d- don't appeal to that fantasy. It's a bad fantasy. <laughs> in, right, in all the breakdowns I watched made it sound as if Arthur had invented this woman whole cloth. And then like partway through the movie, he realized he completely invented a woman that didn't exist at all. I really didn't expect her to be an actual woman that he just invented a relationship with. I guess, like you said, that's truer to the incel fantasy, but like, I don't know. I, I didn't like how she was an actual person that was being menaced by this 49 year old man uh yeah any any uh, so the the last character i do want to bring up um uh, is the super rats uh, <laughs> my cameo <laughs> <laughs> this is a sponsored episode of course marty's sponsoring us <laughs> The Super Rats get brought up more consistently than anything else. And even they don't have any payoff. Um, <laughs> I want to get see one. You think you can flash a fucking Super Rat on screen once or twice? Uh, I wish they had Super Rats so bad. This movie would have been a hundred times better if at the end, like, rat the Joker Avengers, woke up. Rat and, Avengers. Yeah, and the Rat <laughs> Avengers showed the up. The Rat Justice League shows up. <laughs> yeah. No, precisely. I think that this movie would have would have been uh, thoroughly improved by the presence of super rats, and that I think the post credit scene should have been a super cat. That would have kicked ass. That would have been incredible. I would have, I would have given this movie five stars just based on that. 
<laughs> I I also have a character I want to add, if I may. Several characters, but they all kind of count as one. It all it's all under one heading. The oh, um do. the Wattpad level collection of side characters who exist to hurt Arthur and nothing else. Yeah. It, Arthur which, gets like I said, it it you said incel fantasy, and it's all really the blocks are really falling into place because me, a normal person, is watching this movie like, this is bad. Why is why is anyone into this? But um, disenfranchised young men, I, I don't even know if you should call them disenfranchised chodes. Is it, <laughs> am I pronouncing that correctly? So he gets, he gets mugged and then beat on by children. Mm-hmm. Um, his boss Who are doesn't... screaming. As they are beating him, they're saying, beat him harder, beat him harder, <laughs> take his stuff. Harder, harder, and then they run away. And you, they say, take his stuff. What stuff? He was on a street corner advertising. He was doing the sign spinning thing as a clown. What stuff did you uh, want to take from him? Well, which is, which is funny because the movie acknowledges this when when uh, Arthur's like, why would I keep the sign? Like, they took the sign. And Hoyt is like, why would they take the sign? <laughs> Speaking of Hoyt, Hoyt, who is his boss at the clown factory, um, he is needlessly mean to Arthur. Uh, his two co-workers, asterisk, they're not mean to Arthur. They're both mean to the little person they work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for uh, no reason. Course... <laughs> Which, uh, yeah. uh, the movie pulls over to make fun of this character that's in, like, t- every scene he's in, they pull over to make sure to be like, oh, did you did you get, he's, he's short? He's shorter than everyone? Did you get that? Everyone get <sighs> that? Everyone gather around, please. We just want to make sure you didn't forget in between scenes. I, I would have almost given it credit if, because, like, they want Arthur to be sympathetic to to this guy. Um, but, like, at the very end where the two of his ex-coworkers show up and he murders one of them with a pair of scissors in an incredibly gory shot, um, he has he has like drawn the little bolt over his apartment door so then when the other guy the, the the person with dwarfism you know isn't able to escape right they make a point of him having to go and unlock the door and i think that's just like an extremely mean-spirited thing to do like to, yeah, to emphasize like that it feels it like they sucks. were taking a comedy break by making fun of this man they were like oh yeah i get that was gory but here now you can make fun of this dude it's, it's like it's awful. Uh, Back to the counter. Uh, we got the guys on the train. Uh, they are needlessly mean to Arthur. Well, the, they uh, kick him in all the same way too. Like I want to point this out: the teens and the train men both push him over so he's laying on his side, and then kick him repeatedly. Yeah, like, there was not a fight choreographer for 2019. Wait, the it, Joker. It's, it's very <laughs> stage play. Everyone has to still be facing the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron. Do you do you want to take your time to take give your aside as to who these young men were? They're yeah. chads. They're just right? oh, just chads. It's all okay. They're, right. This is everybody in your high school. Not you guys because you don't you weren't assigned male at birth. But like, <laughs> uh, right for for somebody who is a you know a, a cishet man like me. Right. This is like everybody. There's always like you know a bunch of you know douchebag guys in in high school who are like really cool and they hang out with all the hot girls and they go to all the parties and they get drunk and they don't do their grades aren't very good. But like uh, especially me who went to a, a private high school where like all these people now are extremely rich uh, 
um, right? Like, you know, like this is a type of guy that you meet. And for the vast majority of young men, you, you see that guy and it's just like this fucking dude. I can't believe this guy who sucks so bad, you know, is rich and famous or not famous, but like, you know, he's, he's having sex with very attractive women that I wish I was having sex with. Um, and like, you know, that, that's just what they are, right? He, he killed, you know, and, and the, the movie has to go off in its way and make, you know, Arthur look like a hero. So, of course, they're harassing, you know, somebody to, to give him that justification. But in real life, these are just guys who, you know, have rich families and are kind of kind of douchey. Like, you know, I've, I've met dudes like this. And, yeah, a lot of them are ha- assholes. Some of them are just, like, kind of annoying, though. I don't know that it deserves a death sentence. But, I, like, that's the fantasy again, right? This yeah. is, you know, murdering people who you think are, are above their social station when, when you should be there. Yeah, I want to I want to I want to make a point of that because um that's part of the gaps in internal logic in this movie is yeah, you really have to be you you have to have at least I I think Aaron's really hitting on it when he's saying you have to have been a young man to like put this movie together <laughs> because I'm looking at those subway men and there's a whole clown revolution because everyone's like the clown is a hero for killing those assholes and I'm like Maybe they were on their way home from a wedding. Like, I don't think they were good guys. But also, like, I don't understand why everyone in New York has united around the murder of four random men, you know? It's it's like... Who aren't even named. They're nobody. But I, I guess you really have to be mind-palacing those clues together. <laughs> this movie jumps to violence as a solution at such an inconsistent rate. Like... I do not understand who the Joker thinks is deserving of a death sentence because you can't have a character who's like for every minor transgression, it's a real off with their heads. You know what I mean? You can have that, but it's inconsistent for the Joker. Like I can't tell who he thinks is deserving of death because the escalation isn't like clear. And I don't understand what his reasoning is because now with with the nihilism angle, it becomes this thing where at the, end you're meant to understand all everyone deserves to die because it's like you guys watched yes um was it in repo that that happened no it's yeah. sweeney todd i'm thinking of the sweeney todd they all well, deserve I to die even sweeney you mrs todd. lovett even i i but understand that's, that. that's what i mean like that's what he's going for but he's so like he doesn't know what nihilism is he doesn't know like he's never studied nihilism he's never like there's no comprehension of any of the themes it's just a movie for incels Like, that's the only way that anything makes sense is if you're an angry little boy who thinks that other boys get an advantage over you because they're hotter than you. Yes. 100%. Aaron, right? Yeah, I was going to say, is that what you were going to say? Yes. When you ask the question, you know, why, who is deserving of violence? The answer is everyone. Everyone who is better than you in some way. Everybody who you who has slighted you. You know, the people who, you know, you you make a, something that you were born with, something you can't help, and they say, what the fuck is wrong with you? Everyone deserves death. That is the incel ideology. Um, that's what this movie, you know, in some way is undergirding, and it's fucking gross. Okay, listen. I know that, right? I, I've <laughs> been on the internet. Yeah, I, I, I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not saying you I, don't know that. <laughs> the thing that on a, on a fundamental storytelling level, the thing that bothers me is that yes, the Joker should, in theory, think that every minor slight against the underdog, aka him, is deserving of death. But this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. 
And the, the transformation from Arthur to the Joker is so poorly transitioned and so poorly maintained that the jump from Arthur, who wants to be a comedian, to the Joker, who thinks that everyone who slighted him deserves violence, is unclear and stupid. And therefore, <laughs> when he starts getting violent, it's like you're watching a different movie. And again, his like his transition into violence is largely marked by the murder of his mother. He smothers his mother in the hospital. Smother mother. Is um, he a mother smotherer? He does some smother mothering. Mother smother. Um, and it's like, okay, number one, violence begins with destroying your mother who ruined your life. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Like, I get the Joker is a villain, but also, like, they're really trying to make Arthur sympathetic in a way that he's not, like... Sometimes you feel bad for him and sometimes you don't. And sometimes he's just killing people at complete random. And it's, it's such an inconsistent feeling, but that transition to violence with his mother, like your mother, (laughs) I I think this is going to get the same answer from Aaron that we've been getting. Like your mom lying to you about who your dad is. Doesn't mean that the TV show host that laughed at you should be dead. You know, (laughs) like, your yeah. mom being mean to you, like, is is not a death sentence for everyone. <laughs> no, but like when. But I guess another thing. Whistles the movie. <laughs> right, right. Masculinity, especially in in the U.S., is so fragile, um, and is so undergirded by our culture that that glorifies and allows access to you know tools of death. Um, that like that's that's kind of that's you know a lot of young people, even myself to a certain degree, is just like, you know, guns are cool. Um, I'm not proud of that, but, like, culture and, and society um, are powerful. <laughs> <What is> powerful. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn it, I set off the trigger. Um, it's only been you, uh, too. <laughs> yeah. Because this is the movie that's aimed at me. If I wasn't what... If, you know, you I, if Joker? I wasn't a brown person, this this movie might be more effective to me, um, which yeah. is, you know, another way. Uh, by the way, a lot of the people he menaces, Layla pointed this out, um, are black women. It, it's gross. Um, it's, it's bizarre because you get so far into the movie, and I think, like, I noticed it definitely. Because, like I said, Layla said it very, very early that he was just menacing black women. But then when he gets, he's looking in, he's trying to get his mother's psychology record from, or like psyche eval from, um, I, I assume that was Arkham that we saw. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the man working at the counter is a black man. And really, like right at that moment, I was sitting there and I'm like, nobody else, huh? That's <laughs> like what? <laughs> it's weird. You know? Like it's it, not a good pattern. It's it. I'm I'm starting to hear the faint sounds of a dog whistle. <laughs> like, do I think that Todd Phillips is uh, you know a secret um, crypto fascist? Like, yes. no. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I can't right, I, I think it, but I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it came out tomorrow. <laughs> Listen, would I be surprised? Like, eh, not really. But at the same time, right? It it is you know. I don't. I don't think this in in particular is a dog whistle, but it is certainly like the kinds of um, you know. Because the not, only not, other time not, that anyone mentioned their race at all was in the comedy club when the comedian specifically pointed out that he was Jewish, mm-hmm. and um, I, I think at that moment too, I was like, we're we're kind of building up 
palace that I don't like here. Are, are... That's another That's another that's person weird. who that's was unnecessarily point. mean to Arthur was the MC for that comedy show. Who was a black man, yeah. Who was yeah, a black he was man. unnecessarily mean to Arthur. Uh, you can add him mm-hmm. to the list. Uh, yeah, it is not a good thing. Uh-oh. <laughs> I might be retracting my statements. <laughs> I would I... like to... Uh, yeah, I think Aaron's right. Like, like I don't think I think I think he's just uh, I think the guy's just got a shitty sense of humor. Like that's I think that's what this boils down to. Not a good storyteller, shitty sense of humor, and like doesn't know what story he wants to tell. Are those crimes? No. Does it make him a bad person? Probably not. But like it is, it does make for a boring movie, and I think it is completely okay to like watch him throw a tantrum uh, to an interviewer, which he did. Uh, about how people don't want to watch this movie because it's probably going to be pretentious. Um, and look at that and be like, then don't make a pretentious movie. <laughs> yes. Well, um, and that's the thing is I'm much less kind than the two of you. And I, I was even, <laughs> I was being very generous with Layla earlier today where I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if this movie was fine. And I wouldn't be surprised if this movie was like good to people who are really into like cinema, like the old fashioned film bros before film bros expanded to include anyone who, doesn't like watch Marvel, Marvel movies. movies. <laughs> yeah. But um that was just earlier today that I was like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, if it turned out that like all the controversy and stuff was overblown. And then you watch it and you're just disappointed because there's there's nuggets of things could be in a better movie and mean something. Like Arthur being left behind by the medical system. He can't get access to his meds anymore because meds got caught by Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne who um, like at, at the very least menaced his mother a little bit at the very least troubled a mentally ill woman, even if she was having delusions, like he, he committed her and then like totally like it, it, it's worth it to say that he was a negative effect on their lives. And mm-hmm. like there, there's, there's something there that in the hands of someone who isn't angry on Twitter would be really interesting, but I think at minimum, this guy is of the the oeuvre there, where it's like, well, you can't joke about anything, and everyone's so sensitive, and so I'm gonna he make a movie. He literally said and that. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that's where it all comes from, because we were all there when he threw the fit about no one wanting to watch the movie because blah blah blah, and it's like no one wanted to watch the movie because everyone still remembered the Aurora shooting. Oh, that was yeah. already Joker themed, you know. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, "If yeah. you make a movie that makes a murderer sympathetic, then you're dog whistling to these people who want to kill people." And <laughs> actually, I think you, I think you almost accidentally, possibly purposefully stumbled onto something, right? Because a much better movie, again, one of the four movies contained in this experience. <laughs> um, I think one of those movies could have been about how the wealthy use the systems in place in society to intentionally or unintentionally harass poor people um, to protect themselves, right? Like, it's not always an antagonistic desire to use a system against a poor person, but it is a selfish one. So, like, Thomas Wayne uses the system to commit Penny to an asylum. Uh, he does not think about the long, longer term consequences of doing that. He just thinks he just wants to protect himself in the immediate. There is a movie in there that is like that. The problem is that people like, what's the director's name? I don't even remember it. Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips. The guys like Todd Phillips, right? I said this off, off the air. I went to film school with guys like Todd Phillips who think that their mild depression is poetic. Um, It's not. I have, like, pretty severe depression. I don't find it p- 
poetic unless I'm in the middle of a episode in which case I need a nap and some like nachos stack and then all of a sudden I'm normal again um but like it, it it's a it, it's a movie that somebody with no perspective is trying to make and therefore all attempts at making sense are no longer earnest and they're just they're just like like paper mache cliches that are just like hodgepodge together and it's just not it's so immediately obvious because the very first people that trouble arthur are just some teen and then (laughs) his co-workers are mean to him and then his mother is mean to him and then the girl who lives next door in his shitty apartment that's so miserable that thomas wayne should have never let us live here she also lives there with her daughter alone and she isn't dating him and like as much as thomas wayne is the villain of this movie he isn't everyone is the villain so and i get that whole again it when what's you the say what's everyone the, what's the villain what's the villain though what's the villain though uh, uh I, I think aaron says it best <laughs> i think you know guys i th- i think the real villain <laughs> it, it's is society <laughs> It's not even society. It's just everybody. And I said it again so you can That's... put the counter up again. But it's it's just everybody. There's no sense of like it's the poor versus the rich or it's the mentally ill versus the the system that just wants them to shut up and not act like they're mentally ill in public. And it's it's not the jobs where no one will give them a break. And it's not anything. It's everything. And I know when you do nihilism, it. He wants to do this nihilistic, well, everyone's the villain, so everyone deserves it. And it's not, that doesn't make for a good movie. Like, even setting aside the fact that it's an insane and miserable, just garbage, gut-rotting perspective on society, you can put the counter up again. Um, it's, It's like, it just doesn't make sense. Why am I watching this movie? Why am I rooting for Arthur? Why am I not rooting for Arthur? Why is he there? Why is he the protagonist? Why isn't the protagonist Penny? Why isn't the protagonist the lady that lives next door? Like, why is anything? You can't make uh, right. a movie about uh, nihilism because it's not a movie. It's just a big, someone hits a bomb real hard and goes, man, why <laughs> anything? I, I why think you're it? so right. <laughs> I think you're right that if this movie had actually been about society, it might have been salvageable, but it's not, right? It's not pointing its criticisms at the right people. Uh, and I think that's, that is a huge misstep. It's like the uh, problem is that we're all alive and it's like, well, that's simply not it. Are there, are there any other points uh, we wish to visit uh, before uh, we lead ourselves into the outro? Because at this point... Uh, my brain is fucking goo. <laughs> I do want to do a marketing minute about what film we Great. would make that is just as rancid as the Joker, but for <laughs> our own weird, petty uh, grievances. Uh-huh. Would you have one? Um, gosh, I think it's probably um, about people who think that the Civil War was about states' rights. Uh, and it's just... <laughs> it's just okay, uh, pitch it to me. <laughs> I feel like it's just like um, somebody who um, fought in the Ga- Battle of Gettysburg, um, like going around in like the the 1870s, being like it wasn't about states' rights and beating up, you know, the KKK. Okay, that is. And how? What's the runtime on that bad boy? Um, 
the six hours, <laughs> like every Civil War movie. <laughs> like, like Avatar, Way of the Water. A real deserved uh, experience. Exactly. Interesting. Uh, do I have a petty grievance that I could make a, a two and a half hour? Uh, yes, actually. Okay, I got it. Ready? Um, my main character is going to be um, a uh, somebody who works in the marketing department of uh, big budget Hollywood films. Uh, they work in a marketing firm that gets contracted out a lot for these films. And um, it's going to be a Russian person and they're going to get Joker-fied when people start using Cyrillic characters to uh, <laughs> make posters with that have non-Cyrillic sounds. Like they replace A with the letter D. Like that... I am... I would play that and then I would get to do real murder. And that's my <laughs> three and a half hour movie with no piss break. <laughs> Marty, do you have a petty grievance you want to make a really long movie about? I would take a camera and I would go back to my alma mater and I would put the camera in front of the professor of the creative writing um, class, a class which I attended one time before dropping with my buddy. And it would just film his entire lecture about how genre fiction is cheap, marketable garbage that only the most base of humanity that's only popular because it's so easy to write. And there's so many tropes that you barely even it's just a color by numbers and no one likes real literature anymore. They just like and then I'm going to make people watch that for six hours. (laughs) Uh, So the Joker. Yeah. You just, actually. it's the Joker, but you framed it through yeah. your, your professor's <laughs> lit class. Yeah, the Joker, but for books this time. <laughs> uh, Man, I hate fucking the fantasy genre. Such a fucking cash grab. Beowulf, are you kidding me? What a sellout. Oh, and romance writers? Oh, fuck them. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. Uh, Don't yeah. say it too loud, though, because they might take it too literally. Let's, no, uh, we are we are pro romance writers on this podcast. No, I, I'm stri- I, I would be disturbed anti. if you were anti. <laughs> no, yeah, I, no, I hate them no. strictly anti. Fuck them. Yeah. Uh, no, same. stop, please, please, romance writers, don't hurt us. <laughs> Marty, Marty is a romance writer. That's why it's funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just, I assume Marty knows people and could get the romance mafia to obliterate us. Oh my god, please, romance mafia, <laughs> obliterate me. I don't want to live after this no, movie. Taylor heard um, about my experiences with the romance mafia and how much fun I had during that stretch of time. So. Oh, that's, oh that's no. Um, great. Any I anything was the else romance we mafia? Ah. <laughs> uh, Anything else we want to add about the 2019 movie by Todd Phillips, The Joker? Great music. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good, it was a good I think incels should get really into Wattpad because I think they would really relate to the idea of everyone trying to hurt you, except this time you have a sexy vampire boyfriend whose entire existence resol- revolves around protecting you from all the people who want you murdered for some reason. I do think Jupiter they should Ascending, great film. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I agree. Get into Wattpad. Uh, give, the, give the teenage girlies something to, to write about. Uh, great, cool. Uh, Marty, where can people find you on the internet? Um, pretty much only at heartforge.itch.io. Um, heartforge, H-E-A-R-T-F-O-R-G. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. I am currently working on a long love letter to Xenosaga and the way it talks about uh, grief um, and how it's buried in maybe some not-so-good gameplay and storytelling. 
Uh, and I draw sometimes. Um, working on it, even though the world's on fire. Aaron, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at AaronSXL, where I tweet about tabletop RPGs, health policy, and writing. Uh, I just did a review of uh, Momato's um, What Dust Remains on my YouTube channel. That's at AAVoit on YouTube. YouTube doesn't have ats, but that's fine. Um, and uh, you can listen to the other podcasts I do at The Bible Boys, where um, me and my ex-evangelical friends uh, talk about Christian media. Me and Josh just talked about the Heaven is for Real film, oh. which was... So much worse than the book, it's astonishingly. <laughs> um, that episode will go up uh, on on Wednesday. Yeah, it's wild, just wild. Shit. That hurdled me back into sixth grade so hard I have a concussion now. Uh, yeah, good times, good times. Uh, and after this recording is over, I'm going to force Marty to stay on the call with me, and we're going to come up with a name for our podcast that is slowly impending, where we rewatch Inuyasha and talk about it. Nice. Uh, our theme song is Obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit Volume 2. You can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla. Aaron. What what do we what do we say after this massacre of a movie? You know, normally we quote the thing that we just finished talking about, <laughs> but uh, from for this ending of this episode of this podcast, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, fuck both of you. <laughs> uh, hell yeah. Bye. <laughs>